0: This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this is part two of our build-up to the 2021 Scottish Cup Final. In part one, Lindsay Hamilton, Jim Orr and myself took you back to the 2014 and 2016 finals, and here in part two, I'll be speaking to two fans who are at both finals. We start off in 2014, where two goals from Stephen Anderson and Stephen McLean took the cup back to Perth for the first time ever for St Johnston, as they defeated Dundee United at Celtic Park. It was an unusual final in that it was played away from Hampden Park due to the Commonwealth Games using the National Stadium as the venue for their athletics events. I spoke to Gary West, a Saints fan, about his experiences that day and what it meant for a team like St Johnston to win the cup for the first time ever. We'll start off at the very beginning. How long have you supported St Johnston for?
1: Well, all my life, I suppose, uh, and I'm fifty-four. So uh, as long as I remember, really, we're a, a Perthshire family, although I don't live there now, and uh, so we were always St Johnston supporters my dad, my granddad, and all the extended family, really. Um, Having said that, I have to admit I'm a bit of an armchair supporter these days because I don't get to home games. I probably get to more away games, actually. So I was one of these really annoying people at the Cup Final in 2014 who just waltzed in, you know, having barely been there that season. So uh, for all the real St Johnson fans listening, thank you very much for everything you do. That said, I suppose 90% of us at the St Johnson end that in that cup final were probably in a similar boat we all came out of the woodwork you know but uh, aye but technically all my life yeah
0: had you been to any finals involving st johnston before the 2014 final
1: well there had hadn't really been very many to be to <laughs> uh i think we were only ever in two as far as I know in uh, league cups uh, at that um one was the late 60s I think when I was probably two or three years old as far as I know I wasn't taken to that and uh, was it 1998 League Cup Final I was away actually so I couldn't make it to that either so no I'd never been at St Johnson uh, Cup Final plenty semi-finals most of which we lost over the years Um, I had been at a lot of Scottish Cup Finals however because you mentioned I play the pipes so uh, I'd often had the great chance of playing in the pipe band on the Hampden turf at the Scottish Cup finals and internationals and so on. So I kind of felt the atmosphere really, but I never really thought Saints would would get there. I have to say,
0: excellent. Um, and at the start of the season, what were your expectations for the cup? Were you thinking big? Were you thinking that this could be the year where finally you win the cup, or were you thinking just hopefully, you know, if we can get a couple of games and a decent run going, that would be all right.
1: Yeah, I suppose you always hope at the beginning of every season. But I suppose a club like St Johnson, you know, it's cup runs that we rely on for a bit of success. You know, we're not not going to win the league. That's not likely. Uh, And in 2014, we'd only been up, what, I don't know, five, six years back in the top flight. And I suppose we're still really kind of establishing ourselves as a hopefully regular and maybe even permanent top flight club and you're always just hoping you avoid relegation in the league, maybe hit the top six if you're if you're doing really well, which I think we did that year, sixth I think. Uh, and so you're always hoping for a, a cup run. But with St. Johnson, I think I'm probably uh speaking for most St. Johnson supporters when we say there's you know, hopes are high, expectations are less so. <laughs> Uh, you always hope, but you don't expect. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we we had a few good cup runs right enough but um, you you're, you're just hoping that you get through these early rounds and uh, get into the big time. And and uh, obviously, it went for us that season. Yeah, yeah. And also, it was Tommy Wright's first season, I think, if I remember right, as in, in charge. And uh, well, I'm taking that as a good omen for for this year. Callum Davidson's first season as well. So. Uh, and what a rookie season it's been for him whatever whatever the result
0: Absolutely and of course with him being a part of the um, backroom staff if I'm right in saying he was the assistant to right back then so you never know he's yeah. obviously got some yeah. good pedigree and we'll come on to a wee bit more about him later in, in all probability yeah. um, mm-hmm. so the semi-final you played against Aberdeen and you'd already played against them once in the other semi-final of the League Cup at Tynecastle. That one didn't quite go your way before the game at Ibrooks. Were you thinking that this was a great chance to get some revenge?
1: Yeah, to say it didn't go our way is an understatement. We were hammered that day, weren't we? Four-nil, I think it was. Although I'm kinda of, I've kind of wiped that out of my mind, so maybe it wasn't, but it was a lot of goals anyway. Um so I suppose we were it's maybe not so much looking for revenge as such, it's maybe just wanting to do ourselves better justice, you know, uh, give them a good game at least and see where that takes us, which we didn't do in the in the League Cup semi-final and just make a game of it and, uh, well, we certainly did that, you know, uh, Stevie May stepping up and two great goals, and he was just on fire that season. You know, Stevie May was brilliant. And um, so, yeah, I'm not so sure it was about revenge as just trying to maybe right the wrongs of not having played very well in the in in the League Cup semi-final. And, and um, I mean, as St Johnson fans, we always realise uh, the further on in the, the cup you go, the, the more likely you are to be an underdog in any given game. Usually the other team are the favourites, whoever you're playing. Uh, and that was obviously the case with Aberdeen as well, especially having been hammered in the in the League Cup. So, um, you know, again, I suppose we weren't necessarily expecting anything, but I remember thinking, let's let's at least make a game of it this time. And uh, uh, but well, we certainly did that. So, in the build-up to the Cup Final, where were you sat in
0: the stadium, and what was the atmosphere like before kickoff?
1: Yeah, well, it was just fantastic. I went with my dad, who travelled down from Perthshire, and my brother, who lives just to the north of Glasgow, so we all met up at my brother's house. Um, Got a few photos taken with our scarves and gear on first, and then headed off to Celtic Park, and... um, it was great even just arriving you know you're seeing folk that you haven't seen for ages and folk from back home especially for someone like me who's moved away from the area and uh, everywhere it just seemed like the whole of Perthshire was there you know Um, and uh, so we got into the ground in good time took our seats Uh, I just just lapped up the atmosphere and and you know it's so unusual to see that many St Johnson supporters together all in the same place and uh, that sea of blue and white, which is not something we're used to seeing particularly, and it was fantastic. Then, I remember it was about a minute before kickoff, uh, and someone came and said, "You're sitting in our seats," so we'd sat in the wrong seats, and then had this momentary panic. But sure enough, we'd, we were just in the wrong section, so we just moved along a bit, I actually into better seats. So, so we were right in the corner just level with the goal line almost that Saints were playing towards in the second half uh, so it was a good place to be in a great view and a oh, fantastic atmosphere yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. now your opponents in the final were your local rivals Dundee United who I think some in the press had classed as the favourites um, did their team of young players worry you before the game or did you think that Tommy Wright would probably have enough experience within the Saints team to do some damage?
1: I think as a Saints fan, you're worried about any team you're playing, really. And as you say, it being Dundee United, a kind of derby game in in some respects, Tayside derby. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they would have been favourites, I suppose. On the other hand, we had we'd beaten them a few times that season. So in the league, if I remember right, they hammered us, actually, in the first game of the season. I think 4-0 or something. Uh, I think we beat them... 3-0 about Christmas time, New Year time. And then there was a game that had been postponed. Uh, and so there was a bit of a backlog. So we got them twice in quick succession, just a few weeks before the final, and we beat them both times. So, you know, we had we had, had the better of, of Dundee United that season. So we had every reason to, to feel that, you know, there's nothing to fear. Um, but what I suppose I remember thinking was, you know how will we deal with it in the final though because we've rarely been there or never been there as far as the scottish cup's concerned would we crumble and you know would the would the atmosphere get to get to the team or would they do themselves justice and 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 that was the wee niggle i suppose in the mind you know this is entirely new territory for us how are we going to cope Uh, and of course they coped admirably but um the fact it was Dundee United was quite nice I'm from Pitlochry, and um, our our local hero boy was Paul Sturrock he, in fact my granny babysat him when he was wee and uh, he went to our school and he coached the local amateur team and stuff so when he went off to Dundee United we all kind of followed United a wee bit, especially in the big European games and so on. And then, of course, Sturrock went to Saints as manager for a while. So it was quite a nice wee, wee sort of local feel to it in that respect. Having said that, I was hoping we would hammer them and, <laughs> or just beat them, as we did, certainly.
0: In the first half, I think it's fair to say that Dundee United didn't start particularly well and St Johnston took control of the game. Although United had a chance after just half an hour, it was in, I believe, injury time in the first half where St Johnston got the first goal from the corner. How did that feel going in at halftime, knowing that you had one hand on the trophy as it is?
1: Yeah, well, it felt brilliant. I I don't suppose any of us or me certainly didn't feel we had one hand on the trophy yet or or that, you know, we might have had slippy fingers, put it that way, in the second half. Um, but United, had, yeah, they hadn't started well, but they'd had a couple of really good chances. And I remember they hit the post in the first half just just right in front of where we were. And I thought it had gone in, actually, um, to begin with. And that was such a relief. So when we went up, and I, I remember seeing Stevie Anderson... Kind of peel away to the back post, and um, I just had a feeling actually before he before he met the header, I thought that's he's going to score. I don't know; it was one of these wee brief premonitions sort of thing. And sure enough, it went in. So yeah, I mean that was fantastic. I I don't suppose any of us thought it was over and done with by any means. Um, you know, they had or, or in the second half they certainly hit the bar from that free kick, and you know they still looked dangerous, and and. Um, so we weren't, you know, we weren't resting on our laurels by any means. But it, it felt great to to go in a goal up, certainly, yeah, and all to play for in the second half. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was a nervy 45 minutes, certainly.
0: At half time, it seemed like uh, Jackie McNamara probably put a rocket up the collective United backsides <laughs> and they came out almost determined to score a goal. And then suddenly Stevie May pops up appears to have scored the goal but he's handled it in the goal line assistant waves a stick up probably the first time ever that happened in scottish football that they'd been a a goal disallowed by a goal line assistant were you worried at that point that that might be a wee incentive for united to kind of come up on the ascendancy and go right okay we've had a warning but that'll maybe take a bit out of the saints momentum
1: I don't think that's what went through my head to be honest I mean again we had a really good view of that we were right on the line and it did look to me like the hand of God had been involved I have to say so I wasn't entirely surprised when it was ruled out and and he got booked of course but um, I suppose I was just you know that we were still creating chances and still getting up there and uh, you know I mean it was as close to a goal as you could possibly get without it actually being a goal I suppose so so I, I suppose I took encouragement from that um, and just thought, well, you know, we've got them here. There, there's no reason for us to to collapse now. We're still going for it. And and it was a sign that we weren't sitting back and just letting them come at us. You know, we weren't trying to defend that one goal lead. I think it was everybody who was a one goal lead in any game is uh, precarious, to say the least. So it, it, I, I took encouragement from the fact that we're still trying to get up the field, actually. Yeah
0: and obviously as the game went on I certainly remember watching it on TV and the commentators were making a big deal about United trying to galvanise and get ahead so they bring on young Ryan Gold who's now in Portugal and at that point it seems like the game could go either way at that point because I think United maybe would have fancied it if they'd got an equaliser to take it to extra time but then of course later on in the game there's some drama, can you describe how how it happened and how you felt when um, the second goal came around?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's all a bit of a, obviously I've watched it back quite a lot, but in terms of actually on the day, it was a bit of a kind of whirlwind, I have to say. All I remember really was um, with this kind of clash, you know, with Stephen McLean and the goalie, and just these entangled bodies and then a leg getting stuck out and suddenly the ball was in the net and i have to say my first thought was I-, I hope that's not a free kick you know it was it happened so quick and it's such an unusual situation and of course the goalie was looking for a free kick out, out of it um but you know when when it was allowed, I was just and and looking back at it, it was perfectly fair, as far as I could see there was it wasn't a free kick. he just took his chance and and uh, what a fantastic chance it was and uh, you know i how did i feel i I don't know uh, elation I, I don't know what the words are but uh, Stephen McLean came right across to where we were, um, took his shirt off, of course, and into the crowd, and we were just up above that. And even then, I suppose I couldn't quite believe. I know it was late on in the game, but only takes thirty seconds to score a goal and a minute to score two. So I, I, at that point, I don't think we were still taking anything for granted. We were thinking, surely, surely. But but uh, you know, I don't think I breathed again till the final whistle went. But yeah, a fantastic moment, brilliant moment
0: and obviously that proved to be the winner 2 nothing, a cup win a win over your local rivals as well that must have been absolutely fantastic watching um, Dave Mackay lift the cup and obviously it was quite strange and that he wore the GoPro harness so when you watch it back he's wearing this weird thing on him so as that you can see his eye view from the cup I'm surprised that that hasn't actually caught on with more cup captains especially in bigger tournaments it seems like the Scottish Cup was kind of like a, a guinea pig for that that was quite unusual
1: yeah, well, I suppose if, you know, if you've gone since 1884 or whatever it was and never won anything at a senior level, you're going to capture the moment when you get to actually lift the cup. So uh, that was a lovely idea, actually. And and uh, yeah, as you say, I surprised others haven't, haven't done it as well. But maybe it was just more of a unusual thing, to say the least, for, for St. John'son. But yeah, fantastic moment. And for a, a club servant like like him to to do that and get the chance to do that and probably never dreamed he would Um, yeah, yeah, just just fantastic, just amazing, just amazing yeah
0: So after the game was done, after the players are all away down the tunnel where Mm -hmm. did you end up going to celebrate?
1: Well actually this is the embarrassing thing, it was actually a very quiet night we stayed at the ground singing um, for as long as we could and uh, seeing a few folk around us who we knew and then I think we went back to my brother's um, and uh, just had a quiet night. Actually, there was no big parties uh, for us. Um, and then I couldn't go. Actually, I had something on the next day um, for the, the the parade through Perth, which looked amazing. Uh, and I, so I couldn't get to that. So it was actually rather low key. I, in a way, it's quite nice looking back. So there was no there was no hangover to go <laughs> to go. As a as a poor memory of that whole weekend, it was it was wonderful. So aye, it's slightly embarrassing, but it was quite a laid back, gentle night, just taking it in actually. Um rather than the kind of big party thing. So um aye, it was uh but yeah, just just amazing, just brilliant.
0: And now this year, of course, since then you've been at one cup final already. You took home the League Cup for the first time ever. Um and you're potentially on the verge of a double. And if that happens, you'll be the first team since Aberdeen in nineteen eighty-nine, I believe, to to win a double who isn't one of the old firm. Um surely this really is uncharted territory for a club like St. Johnston.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, as we said, just winning a trophy is uncharted territory until what, seven years ago. So so to have got another one already in the bank this season and to have this chance. Um you know, you would never dream of that, really. Um, and it's, I mean, I th- the, the really nice thing about it is that we know we can do it now. And I suppose we went for all those years, um, you know, so, so many years, well over a century, just not doing it that you're never sure if it's ever going to happen. And then it happens once, and then very quickly again, again, and now a chance for a third. And, and um, you know, I think they've shown that they, they can do the big occasion thing. They they might not have that consistency over a full season yet um, that gives them a high league position. Uh, This season we did the same, a very poor start. We were bottom of the league for a while. Okay, we ended up fifth, which is brilliant. Uh, But we still need that consistency, I suppose. But we're getting the hang of this cup business. So... so, um, yeah, if if we do the double, um, uh, you know, especially in, in Callum Davidson's rookie season, it would just be, I mean, these guys will write themselves into St. Johnson legend history, without a doubt, yeah.
0: Probably also Scottish football history as well. Um, And obviously, you're guaranteed European football of some sort after the summer. That must be really good to be back in Europe as well. Because obviously, Tommy Wright had St Johnston playing in Europe. And obviously, there was the famous win against Rosenborg as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which was that season, I think, wasn't it? The same same season. So uh, I was up, certainly made it up for not the Rosenborg game, but the next game, uh, the one where we we got beaten and then went out in penalties. uh, so yeah, we've had our, our flavours of the wee, of the European nights, and yeah, I mean Tommy Wright did an amazing job, fantastic servant for Saints too. The fact that Callum Davidson was, you know, his assistant, um, and I take my hat off to the board of St. John'son. They, they they really seem to have their heads screwed on right when it comes to appointing managers. You know, going for that that thing of, of new managers or inexperienced managers. I can't remember, actually, the last time St. Johnson had to sack a manager. That's a long time ago. Uh, and they seem pretty astute at, at who they pick and and, um, and now promoting from within, as they did with Tommy, and now with Carl Davison as well. So, um, yeah, it's good times, good times.
0: Absolutely. Out of the players who played in 2014, if there was one man that you could bring back to be in your side on Saturday... Who would you pick and why? That's
1: a tricky one. Um, well, I suppose there's several guys who did leave and are back again. And uh, so we, we are in that situation. Uh, Stevie May, obviously. Um uh, O'Halloran was in the team then. Uh, David Witherspoon, you know, these are key guys once again for us. So we don't have to wish; we've got them. <laughs> uh, and these are amongst the guys we would have we would have brought back actually, if, if if you know from from that kind of team at that time and others too, of course. So um, yeah, I can't think of you know. I'm, I'm just put it this way: I'm delighted we've got these guys back, and they're all guys who can turn the game and make a difference and uh, so, uh, and, and Steve McLean's back albeit in, in the uh, coaching staff Callum Davidson, we've already talked about so actually when you think about it there's a real core thread there that goes back to 2014 which seven years later is probably pretty unusual for a club um, so I'm taking that as a good omen Aye. one last
0: question how's the game going to go on Saturday and what's the score going to be?
1: Well, I'm obviously going to go for Saint Johnson. I see it actually in similar terms um, to that to, to Dundee United, the fact that we've got Hibs, because um, you know we've had a good season against Hibbs. We 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 beat them in the semi-final already convincingly. Uh, we beat them a few weeks ago at Easter Road. Um, I've got a lot of mates who are Hibs fans, and I know they think of St. John'son as their bogey team in some respects. So I don't think they'll be, uh, you know, all that relaxed about the game. Uh, and and uh, so and you know the fact that we're a wee bit more used to the big these big occasions now. Um, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say confident, but I think. Um, I'd say it's 50-50 actually but I'm going to go for us winning um, I'm going 2-1 Saints Any goal scores? I'd, I'd love to see Stevie May score if he if he plays um, you know he didn't get unusually it was one of the few games that we won that season that he didn't score in he was way ahead of anybody else as far as scoring goals was concerned so uh, yeah I I'd love to see him score
0: Excellent. Gary, thanks very much for talking to us. It's been a pleasure.
1: Uh, an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for the chance.
0: Thank you to Gary for speaking with us and sharing some of his great stories from the day. We now move on to the 2016 Scottish Cup final, where Hibernian and Rangers met each other in an all championship cup final. This final was an explosive affair where Hibbs took the lead soon after the game started, only for Rangers to draw level, then go ahead, and leave Hibbs to fight back in an unforgettable finish to the game. I spoke to Kerry-Ann Duggan, a lifelong high B, about her cup final experience and the road to the final that included a memorable Edinburgh Derby comeback and a heroic goalkeeping display in the semi-finals. How long have you supported Hibbs for?
2: Well, I suppose um you're not asking me directly how old I am, um, but pretty much from the womb, I would say. Um so I'll I've just turned forty-two, so forty-two years. Um in fact, um, just a drop a wee thing in my um mum was actually taken to the Labour ward at the Eastern General by Willie Ormond, one of the uh, magnificent, famous five and an ex-Scotland manager. So well, he just lived around the corner from us. So that was, uh, yeah. So we just and, uh, I'm born into it. My dad um, was a Hibs fan, as it kind of normally goes in families.
0: Now, before this final, um, how many cup finals had you been to before both Scottish Cup and League Cup?
2: So... Well, my first ever cup final was the 91 um, in October when we beat Dunfermline 2-0, um, which was amazing. I was only like 12, so um, that was my first cup final. And then I have been to like a few devastating ones in between. Um, I was there at the Rangers 93, 94 season. Scottish cup final just as really, uh, the I think... The first one I was at was 2000, when Celtic beat us 3-0. Um, I was just devastated. But then, obviously, there was more devastation to come um, in 2012. Well, I was actually I was seven months pregnant at the time. I probably should not have been there, but um, I, my husband was in the other... And he um, he, pa- he bats for the other team in Edinburgh. So um, we were both at the game. Um, but I was obviously um, at the Kelly League Cup final when we beat them 5-1. That's when I like to focus on that scoreline, um, which was a fantastic day. Brilliant day. But nothing's going to top 2016. Definitely not. Even although we got beaten <laughs> in the... League Cup uh, final just, like, about, was it, two months or something before the Scottish Cup final. It was it was still still a day out, but, um, yeah, nothing, nothing can come close to that, 2016.
0: At the start of that season, 2015-16, what were your expectations for the Cup? Were you thinking realistic? Were you thinking that you could go out and win it?
2: I think, to be honest, Andy, as a Hibs fan, you're always... You're always hopeful. Um, I suppose, I mean, somebody's got to win it. I don't think I was definitely at the beginning of the season um, thinking, right, is this going to be, are, are we going to um, win the Scottish Cup? I, I actually probably didn't let myself dream about that. But obviously, as the rounds were were progressing, you, you're then starting to think, could it be, could it be this year? Who knows?
0: So the game in the fourth or fifth round against Hearts. Now, mm. at one point, you're 2 nothing down with 10 minutes to go. All of a sudden, you get a goal back and then you get an equaliser in the very last minute. How does it feel thinking um, like you're getting another Derby defeat and then all of a sudden, things completely turn on their head within almost 10 minutes?
2: It was a Sunday afternoon. Um, and the school ends at Tencastle and um, vividly half time, it's two now, really, like we've been here so many times and cannot actually face it to the end. But I don't know, I've always had this thing about like, you never know what might happen. You never know what might happen. You need to stay till the end, can you leave early? And um, obviously we've got that go back with Jason Cummins and you're like, right, Okay, Kim. Um, just believe. <laughs> I was saying that to my friend. That was with, Just believe. We've got to believe. Um, wasn't he going to believe that Paul Hanlon was going to be the one that um, that kind of like got us an injury time equaliser. But I'll tell you, what, I've been a um, member. A really distraught um, afternoon at Tyne Castle many moons ago. Hibs were like four two up. It was a league game. Hibs were four two up. It was a, it was a New Year derby, I think, and thinking right that's us we've won it we've won it and then they, they called it back to four all in injury time so when you I think that's always stuck with me so you're still thinking right this could still go wrong even the 91st minute getting an equaliser you're like still can kind of like is it, is it going to finish is he going to blow the final whistle but you would have thought it felt like a win um snatching it you know you just 10 minutes from a defeat in the Scottish Cup and uh, yeah get a replay it was a brilliant day that was a great day then it was a scramble to try and get tickets for, for Easter Road obviously
0: and of course that one was settled by Jason Cummings only something like three or four minutes into the game as well so you must have been thinking you know what did you think at that point we could go all the way here
2: I think I was too busy biting my fingernails, to be honest, for about 87 minutes of that game. Just, um, but I, definitely, because you're thinking, right, that's, you know, this is hearts, we're putting out hearts. We're definitely not going to have the, the heart aka um, 2012, and ah, we're, you've got to be in it to win it. And um, that again, what a, what a night. It was a Tuesday night or something um, at, at Easter Road. You're thinking, "Whoa, Ken, right, who are we going to get? Who are we going to get? And obviously, like, the draw then with Inverness, like, putting us in um, the next round to Inverness. And it's just, yeah, it, I think you do. You can't help but um, but, but start to, to think, wonder, could this be the year that um, we finally lift this? The Holy Grail.
0: <laughs> the game against Inverness ended up uh, being another replay, but once you got through that, you were awarded a semi-final against Dundee United who were struggling a wee bit in the league um, but at that point you're a division below them so some might consider you the underdogs for that you've also got the man, the legend Conrad Logan <laughs> in goals what did you think when you saw him coming out onto the field did you think this can't be a goalie?
2: Honestly um, it... <sighs> actually it makes me cringe even saying it but me and my mate went who the hell is that is, is he won a competition is, is he gonna is he gonna come on like at halftime for a sort of beat the goalie thing like we had absolutely no idea who this guy was I'll tell you we knew who he was <laughs> at the end of that penalty shoot even the end of 90 minutes we were like wow we love Conrad Logan and he's always going to be like immortalized in my eyes but um I that's exactly thought he had—I don't know—won a competition, and because um, we had no idea who he was, and I mean, he was slightly—he was carrying a wee bit of weight. I would say there's a, a good description. A, a, a
0: diplomatic way of putting it, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but it, well, he could fling his sell about that goal, so yeah, always be a legend in the uh, Hibs fans' eyes, definitely.
0: Yeah, his penalties were absolutely fantastic at the end. And like you say, even normal time and extra time, some of the saves that he was producing, because if it, if it wasn't for him, even if it had been, it could have been any other goalie, United could have been up at that point. But definitely. that's sometimes just what your luck is. And, and obviously in the cup, you not only need a bit of good luck, you need good players. And I suppose he was both on the day.
2: Definitely legend in that squad. Definitely What what an inspired um, decision from Alan Stubbs, even though I think his hand was forced, but definitely, like, inspired.
0: (laughs) So, moving on now to the Cup final, where were you sat in the stadium and what was the atmosphere like in the build-up to the game and also once you arrived at Hamden itself?
2: I mean, I, I live about... An hour an hour away from, from Glasgow. Um so I mean the excitement was palpable like first thing in the morning and um on a supporter's bus heading through all well, the songs being sung. Obviously there was a uh, coffee being drank, should I say, um checked into a uh snooker club. I don't know I, obviously I wouldn't be able to name it but um and Mother Glen that's our kind of go-to um and just everybody just this excitement this wonder this could it be could it be this time for us and then obviously get into Hamden it's just just green and white because you've never won it you don't know what it's like you, you um there's other other teams that are, you know, maybe go to finals and they almost have this expectation. And um, I think, you know, deep down, if I'm honest, we're like, right, we'll get a day out as a Hibs fan. You're like, well, it's a wee day, day out to Glasgow. That'll be us. And um, you know, you you're trying to be realistic. I mean, you're playing like Rangers, so Stubbs had kind of almost instilled this belief that that why no, why can't we do it? Um so sat in the main stand, I wasn't behind the goals or shot, so I had a brilliant, brilliant um view of that goal, but we'll get to that maybe maybe slightly But yeah, so it was just yeah, amazing atmosphere obviously like being in that um in that stadium on that day.
0: Now didn't take too long before the fireworks quite literally to go off. Um, of course, with the uh, Rangers into the stadium still surrounded in smoke from a lot yeah. of their displays, up pops the Celtic man on loan, Anthony Stokes, <laughs> fires you in after only about three or four minutes. How did that feel? <gasps>
2: It's like you're still you're still trying to compose yourself, and you, like the smoke. And obviously, I've watched the the replay so many times, and I think the smoke adds to that sort of like because you can see the sort of red mist and blue mist. Um, as he as he um John McGann amazingly held that ball up with his bum pretty much um as he does, and oh he just took it so well. We were just like right at that moment you start. You start thinking, but then it's like it's only three minutes in. You still can carry let yourself get carried away, Do you know we've got a full a full game to play? But oh what a feeling. To to get that first goal in a cup final. Um definitely the 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 belief and yet the nerves were um were there. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, because I know that Hibs had um, a very dominant first half on the whole, but for me watching at home, it was a very entertaining game with both sides having chances. And of course, it goes in level at halftime after Kenny Miller's equaliser. Now, like you said, you're a wee bit nervous and maybe with going ahead so early, thinking early doors, things can change. At halftime, how do you feel compared to the start of the game, given that things are still level?
2: Basically, you... The way I see it is, if you're level at half time, whether it's one 0 two all, now like the, the game's just starting again for me. You know, whatever's happened in the first half has happened. We come back out, and then we've got another forty five minutes. we're still in a on a, um, a a level playing field, if you like. But don't get me wrong. Obviously have obviously been um, what's his name, Andy Halliday, scores. <sighs> you know what I mean? It was like right, okay. That wee sort of like chunk of time where you're you're like, oh, it still could be, it still could be. And then they they went 2 1 up. <sighs> deflated. Yeah, you're deflated because as much as you're trying to keep positive and say, right, you know, we've got a rubber the green. Yeah, the longer it was kind of going on um, until obviously that man Cummings popped up and they got wow. Just. It's hard to even, like, remember that, that moment, like, because, I mean, you would have thought that was the winner when we even got that equaliser with 10 minutes to go. And I don't know, like, I am... Um, unfortunately, about a week before the semi-final, my dad passed away. So um, it was just a c- couple of days before the funeral was the Dungeons Night semi-final, and then obviously, like he was near the arm at the cup final, and uh, I don't know divine intervention. I've got no idea, but I certainly too all I started thinking, this is it, this is it. We we're, we're going to do this, and then up, up he, up he um, flew like uh, I don't know a gazelle. Um, mm. Liam Henderson to deliver, and then the rest is absolute, I think it was chaos, pandemonium, those would be the words to to sort of describe that moment. Sir David Gray, again, another absolute legend. As a Hibs fan, he's, yeah.
0: Obviously, (laughs) <laughs> him, him being the captain as well, that probably gives it that oh. wee bit, wee bit more of a special feeling. But it just shows you how good a, a substitution it was to take off Liam Fontaine for the other Liam for Liam Henderson, because obviously oh. it was his two corners that uh-huh. made uh, that made the two goals. Firstly, from Stokes. Yet, um, oh yeah, sorry. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh, definitely.
0: Because the the thing that I I always find uh, not being a Hibs fan is that it's remembered as David Gray's day being the captain despite the fact that Anthony Stokes scored a really good double as well. Um, and obviously, not forgetting him. Well, he got man of the him. match.
2: That's yep. it. it. Hey, Stokes got man of the match. And you're kind of like, everybody is talking. It's it's David Gray. He's the man that, that he basically... Aye, is it's um, Captain Fantastic, really. Mm. Um, but aye, it was just absolute... That goal went in and everybody was just... Sobbing, would be the that sounds really, I don't know, it's just, it was almost like a, a relief, like, because didn't get me wrong, we still, as Hibster fans, were like, right, how long, of how uh, how long is he going to play, how long is this injury time going to go, like, I know we're in injury time, but Kim what? like, this is Hibs, we're still waiting, we're still waiting on somebody to just go, Kim, didn't get yourself too excited, these are, you know, they're going to equalise and, they uh, Wow, final whistle. And uh, I think it still took a good few, few seconds for it to really, really sink in. Um, but just a moment I will absolutely never forget.
0: Another thing that obviously led it full time to what became known as uh, the Hamden Exuberance. Um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but did you end up uh, going down onto the park? Um. No comment is an answer.
2: I know no comment is an answer, but I actually, I see if I said no comment, then that might make me sound a bit better because you'd think, oh, she did go on the bed. But I think because um, of where I was, I think the, the exuberant fans were the ones that were behind the goals. Um, so where we were in the main stand, um, we were just kind of watching on and um, kind of, Kind of disbelief as well because like i kind of i could see the relief do you know what i mean and then people wanting to to get on that pitch and all these, these years of heart and and things but i feel like we missed out as well like i remember like you know back in the when um, in the league cup final that was a brilliant it was brilliant when can um, kind the of players all came out and they had their you know, the t-shirts on and applauding the fans and I feel like we were cheated almost. We we that that moment of and the, the team were kinda of cheated as well. They never got that. Obviously, you know, on, on the Sunday when they did all the um the bus and, and stuff, they had that. But yeah, it was it was it was a weird kind of, you know, trying to get the fans off the patch and then you were like, right, they're they're presenting the trophy. But it was all but then I suppose then the sort of cam before the the sunshine on leaf um, rendition. I mean that's like for Alex Ferguson who said that was probably one of the a standout moment for him. And to hear like a legend like that talking about that and being in that moment of um, being one of those people singing sunshine on leaf, I think with tears streaming down my, my face definitely Um, and then the phone was going like the clappers because it was obviously it was bittersweet for me with you know no having my dad beside me but then everybody sending messages that was for your dad that was for your dad you know and it was like wow so he was obviously there somewhere I think he, he probably inspired uh, Stubbs his substitutions or something
0: How did you celebrate you know, the, um, the big win?
2: So um just uh, we we're used to driving along that M eight and the doldrums and it and the doldrums when you're a Hibs fan still means that um I mean can we say win or lose we're on the booze I don't know it's it's usual for us just to uh, um we've just cracked the tunes up but it was we'd actually won this time I mean the the champagne was flowing and um got back through but it's almost like you're You're desperate to sort of, I don't think you know what to do as a hips fan when you actually win something like obviously, I was watching the um, FA Cup final on Saturday there with Leicester winning and that just, that made me feel like 2016 again, like that club has never ever won it. And um, thinking about those fans that they probably hadn't made any plans on what will we do if we win? Like, so, what, what year had it been? Sorry, I'm away on a tangent, 2007? Um, I was at the Parc de Plans when um, McFadden scored.
0: Great goal. So,
2: oh my God. And like, we'd all been at the, all the Tartan Army at Eiffel Tower before the game, we did the big march, uh, unbelievable to the Parc de Plans, No plans have been made for what, hap- what we're going to do if Scotland's won. Because that's not going to happen. Um, so I remember everybody spilling out from that stadium. going, what, what, what do we do now? What, like, what do what you do? We're no used to this. Um, so I think there was a, a wee bit of that when we got back um, east. I, um, I've got like young kids, so I wasn't um, heading to Easter Road. I know a lot of people that did wait for the team bus and everything, but I was actually exhausted. Went to the went to the pub seen a few people, had a few drinks and um, then ended up going for a chippy and going home. And as I said earlier, my husband, obviously, he supports the other team in Edinburgh. And um, when I came into the house, slightly shaky, should we say, he had green and white balloons all plastered around the house, which just kind of shows the, the measure of him. Do you know he loves his football team, but he also could see how much um, that meant to me and my friends and my family to, to experience that, something that he's experienced um, before. So,
0: I don't know many people who would do that. Um, that's <laughs> that's just a really, really class gesture. Um, did you go down to Leith the next day to see the Open Top Bus?
2: Yeah, so I took um, took my wee girl. So she, I've got a wee boy who's a jambo and my wee girl, she's a wee hippie. So we took her... Um, And we we kind of, like, we went to right at the top of Leith Walk. And it was just like, wow, we're right on a traffic island, right in the middle. um, And just watching the the amount of people. Because I remember going to, like, to do the Cup 1 in 91. I remember that. Um, But I'd never, ever experienced that. It was unbelievable. So many good pictures. um, And then headed down um, towards the lake and stuff so yeah brilliant
0: so, now i know we have talked about how anthony stokes got the official man of the match for that game would you call him your man of the match for that day or would you pick someone else
2: i think you touched upon it earlier i know anthony stokes and and you know what he'd done but for me it's sir david <laughs> It will always be Sir David um, for me, definitely. That's kind of like who I would who I would have given my man of the match to definitely.
0: There's a few players who are still gonna be in the team from that game five years ago. But if you could have any one of the let's just say the whole squad, so the starting eleven plus the subs, if you had someone who's from that in 2016 who isn't at the club now but you had the chance to put them into Saturday's game who would you pick and why?
2: I mean he would be the first name on anybody's team sheet if you're the manager um, and it would have to be super John McGinn. Um, just, he's just a class act Um, I think he would definitely be um, chapping at the door to getting that um getting that team that we've got going now. So um yeah, him and he's, him and that big butt of his right in the middle of the park, I think um could be I, I would definitely, yeah, take him. And just even Liam Henderson for for his for his um deliveries and stuff like that. Um but yeah, super John McGinn. he's he's who I would take, definitely. I mean I would take I would didn't get me wrong, I have stokes as but if if you were to say like if I could only have one, it would be him.
0: <laughs> of course, you've got a chance for another McGinn as well, for, uh, for his brother Paul to end up with a, a medal oh. as well. Um, now, lastly, just before we wrap things <laughs> up, how's the game going to go on Saturday and what's the score going to be?
2: I hate it when we are classed as being the favourites. I would much rather be the underdog. Um, I think just that, I don't know, the Hibs team always seem to kind of, when they they hear different um, things possibly being said in the press and the media, I think they rise to it maybe a bit more when they're classed as being the underdogs. Um, So obviously we kind of are going in. Even although, I mean, look at St. Johnston are going for a cup double, like first time since, what, the 80s, Aberdeen done it. Um, but I would still probably say that we are, you know, we're the third, we are the third horse in Scotland at the moment. So um, we are going in as favourites. Do you, do you know what, Andy? I always put correct scores on. Right? And I'm not a huge gambling woman, but um, I always do correct scores and I always do a punt on three, two. The only time I've never done a punt on 3-2, 2016 Scottish Cup final. Gutted, absolutely gutted. But um, listen, I will take a 1-0 third minute, <laughs> one nil, a wee goal. Kevin this bit pops up and um, I'll chew my fingernails for 87 minutes and, and just pray that we're going to bring that cup back to Edinburgh again. Definitely. Yeah
0: course, it's a big week for him. That's him included in Steve Platt's Scotland squad as well. So, you know, a better way to cap it off Seal than oh, a cup definitely. final goal?
2: Mm-hmm. Hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: Excellent, Kerry Ann. Thanks very much for talking to me. That was brilliant.
2: No problem. Thanks, Andy.
0: Thank you to Kerry Ann for speaking with us and letting us know what the cup means to her. That's all we've got time for in this episode but join us again next week for more of the best of Scottish football from the past. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to leave us a review, please email Andy at andy.care@scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk. at Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email Lindsay at lindsay.hamilton The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Center Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBearty. Special thanks to Gary West and Kerry-Ann Duggan for sharing their experiences with us and best of luck to both St Johnston and Hibernian in the final.